It's time now for Pickin' and Puttin' with Clay Smith's quantitative anthology of stories behind the songs we know and love to hear and just how they evolve. Plus, a stroke of genius from Dr. Rick Zollinger, a golf nut who will present qualitative narratives from the pages of his own case studies in golf. It's Pickin' and Puttin'. Hello, everybody. Clay Smith. Welcome to Pickin' and Puttin'. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Richard Zollinger. Hey, Dr. Z. Hey, Clay. How you doing today? Hey, we're going to talk about shafts. Shafts. All right. I love it. I love and, it. And the history of shafts. I mean, I got so much information on shafts, it's crazy. The but technical you, side of the game, man. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun because... That's the engine, this. right? That's the engine. Yeah, yeah, well, and if you think of the, uh, yeah, now the engine comes out of Japan on a lot of these shows. <laughs> so that, oh, you know, man. I think it's made by Toyota or whatever. No, but, not the truth. but the deal with the shafts, I'll, I'll go to the history real quickly, was they came out in, you know, in the 1800s. They started out in, in, in England and in Great Britain, Scotland with, uh, all sorts of woods, apple, you, you name the tree, they used it. And as it moved to the United States, they got a stronger wood, and that's when we came up with the hickory shafts. Oh, wow. And so that advanced pretty much to the beginning of the 20th century. And then they were looking, they looked for, there were guys who came up with steel shafts, and I've got the man's name here somewhere. Um, uh, no, it's, it's kind of important, but anyways, they came up in, in the early, uh, oh, I'll tell you what was interesting. It was, you'll like this. There was a, uh, a fishing rod company that got involved early in the 1920s with the really? evolution of shafts. But wow. the steel shaft came along, grooves got added to the face uh, in the early 20th century. But nobody, the USGA, they came along with, in, the steel shaft was developed in the, you know, World War One kind of time frame. Okay. And what happened was nobody, the USGA and the, and the RNA wouldn't recognize it. Really? So fin finally, the USGA recognized it in 1920, in the f 24, I think. And the first man to use a steel shaft was a guy named Cyril, uh, oh, geez. He won the, uh, uh, Cyril, Cyril. Cyril Walker. And he won the U.S. Open in 24. But the RNA didn't okay it till about four years later. And the reason was because the Duke of Edinburgh played with him steel shafts. You know, he would have everything that was hot and new. Oh, so he Duke played was, with steel shafts yeah. at St. Andrews. So they, they uh, legalized him, the RNA. And then the first time... Steel shaft. Duke was like me. He was always looking for the next toy, man. The next toy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the first guy that went, there was a guy in 34, Billy Burke was the first man to use all steel and won the U.S. Open in 34. So that's yeah. how long it took. And that's the conversion, the, here, think of the conversion in the U.S. because of Bobby Jones. Yeah. Spalding came out with steel shafts, but they painted them brown. And I remember these. My oh, dad wow. had a set in the garage. It's similar like the old hickory shaft? Well, they painted them to look hickory. Okay. Nobody wanted to use what Bobby Jones wasn't using. Right. 
and, and kind of the story along those lines. So then as you go through the 20th century, physics takes over for technology and all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, graphite shafts came in in the late 60s. Um, wow. In the early 50s, they tried uh, fiberglass. And, you know, everything was about lightness, durability. They tried aluminum, you know, all these things. The funniest side I have on the uh, fiberglass was, if you remember, Mary Gary Player was sponsored by um, uh, Shakespeare. Gosh, yeah. In the early I'm 70s. at a fishing company. Yeah. And fishing he, rods. And he used, yes, and he kind of. Put a fishing used, rod in his clubs. <laughs> well, and he, but he kind of used uh, the Bobby Jones Spalding method. They, they oh. took, I, I believe, now I. Painted this, them. This, he painted them. Oh, with steel wow. stash black because graphite didn't last long. And yeah. in fact, answering your question, Frank Thomas from Shakespeare was the guy who developed the uh, graphite shaft in 69. Wow. And the other one I, I wanted to bring to you because I knew you would get a big kick out of this was, uh, <laughs> oh, man, I, I got, I just got to have the name here. Uh, hey, man, you didn't take your memory pills. Oh, man, I'll come, <laughs> I'll come up with it. But anyways, he was the, uh, um, Apollo, it's a fishing rod company. Oh, ever, there you go. You ever heard of it? Yeah. It was a British fishing rod company, and they were the first ones to take steel shafts and bore. And originally, they were, I guess, solid. So imagine how heavy they would have been. So that's an aside. But it was called Apollo. That's my British British fishing rod company developed the steel shaft or help. Oh, my. The deal with graphite shafts, and this is another interesting aside. I got to show you this one. So this is a graphite shaft. Yeah. Old head that oh, you wow. can see here. Okay. And that I had. That's your high school driver. That's my high school driver in the pro oh Don Schock at Columbus. He and oh a buddy God. from Worthington Hills in Columbus made up about 300 of these in their basement in the late 60s. I got this in 68, and they didn't come out until they never made it. And everybody thought they were going to fall away. In the early 70s, graphite kind of fell off because of durability. And then all of a sudden, you know, think about it. In the early 80s, it exploded, and now it's, it's, it's the thing. And they all have composites and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's an Those interesting. The, like yours from high school, it looks more wound, doesn't it? It is wound, and in fact, and layered. Now it's more layered. Yes, and the way you were supposed to take care of it yeah. uh, over the years, I've taken care of it because the fibers would lose something. You spray it with hairspray, really, and the hairspray kind of lacquers it. Like remember <laughs> women's hair in the fifth? Sure. Oh gosh, yeah, and big hair, man. <laughs> it lacquers, it protects it. Can of breck. But it's a crazy, it's a crazy, it's a crazy shaft. I mean, I. Um, but it made me think of the, uh, we got to thinking, we got to talk about the song. All right. Talking about shafts, I knew when you were going to start talking about that, you know what it referred me to? The theme from the movie Shaft, okay? <laughs> Written and recorded by Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, man. I mean, he was one of the pioneers in soul and funk. And literally the story behind that song it was the precursor to disco. 
because they took that high hat, 16th beat. Yeah. And then the wah-wah comes in and all that kind of stuff. And it's really a disco beat. And he's, he, he really stole it from an old Otis Redding cut. And, and Isaac Hayes was from Memphis. Otis Redding, those sessions, he played keyboards on Otis Redding songs. And so he had remembered that beat. And after he had met with the uh, movie director, um, it, this was just spontaneity that he came up with this plan. And then, boom, you know, this, this actually how he got into it was Memphis and it was uh, Stax Records. And I mean, they, they were big in R&B and, and the, the movie director, this was literally in 71. This was really the first African American directed starring role. You know, this was post civil rights. This was, you know, Watts and everything else all combined. And so, you know, Richard Roundtree got the role, but Ike Hayes was promised an audition to be the lead actor in it. And he was never given, when they auditioned Richard Roundtree, they gave him the job, never gave Isaac Hayes an audition, but they were good to their promise on the song. Therefore, he took it. He came up with the theme and uh, he scored the entire movie. Oh, it was, okay. it was, it was. It was an awesome. You, you can just appear them, and you can. It was a chap. Yeah, that's right. Remember the movie? He, he, he was, was like the. He was like the the badass. Yeah, the private yeah. eye man. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of the movie, right? Shaft. He's a bad guy. That's right. That's right, that dude. I don't know what they said, but in was, fact, I mean, they they had they had curse words in the in the song and the lyrics and. I mean, it was it was not allowed on certain radio stations. They had to bleep certain words out of it. I mean, think of the time, early 70s, hey, fast forward. And you know what I thought of when I thought of that? I just remembered something I wanted to, one last shaft discussion yeah. technologically yeah. was the Tommy Bolt shaft. Oh, my and gosh. It's, it's, it's. The lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's the <laughs> yeah there it is man holy it's it's sticking out of the ground or in the lake but i i thought this was a great development shaft the uh I about shaft. that and totally shaft, the theme from shaft hey you know it not only was the it was the most successful song of its kind to be a theme for a motion picture went to number one in the charts and uh the following year uh, after the movie had been released, it was nominated for an Academy Award, and it won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. And that was, so Isaac Hayes was the first African-American to win that category. Really? With this song. What year was that? Fast forward to 2000, there was a sequel that, uh, in fact, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, he did the 2000 sequel to it, which was pretty much pan. It wasn't, it wasn't as strong as the uh, original movie, but they brought Isaac Hayes back to score that movie as well. So, uh, I mean, his mojo stayed alive with it throughout. 
Well, you know, he's one of those, Isaac Hayes is one of those iconic, I don't know how you say, entertainers, I guess is my word. Definitely. He just, he, he, I can see him right now. Oh. You know, I can just, I can just visualize him. There's other famous people like that, that great songs, great, but, you know, Isaac Hayes had a, that, that he, he emulated cool. He emulated cool. And man, he had the beat. He had the groove. I mean, yeah. and it, it became one of the cliches of disco music. Awesome movie. Awesome movie. Yeah. No question about it. Did he ever have any other, uh, great success in music? I mean, well, you know, the, the, the year, the year prior to getting involved in this project, he had, uh, he had the, he had the uh, smash album, uh, hit album entitled Hot Buttered Soul. And in fact, he, yeah, he had a, he had stretched out renditions of, uh, by the time I get to Phoenix and walk on by. And hey, you know what? I yeah. bet, I bet I had that in college. Cause if you remember, what did you have? I had my suitcase with my eight track tapes. And there you go. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. That was, no, he was a monster. He was a monster. And, Died in early age. I mean, he died when he was 65 years old. But, uh, man, the music lives on. And, I mean, he was a great studio musician and just an icon in Memphis and with, you know, Memphis sound and one thing and another. That's kind of cool, though. So, Shafts, walk on the golf side, Shaft, hey, he pop walking, culture. He, I mean, he go walking, figure. He was walking three feet above Beal. That you've got that three right. feet off Bill. Hey, rendezvous ribs. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Keep the cards it. and letters coming. Subscribe on our website, pickinandputting.com, and keep the feedback alive, baby. And we'll see you again next time. Now, wait a second. I got to leave us with a quote. Doc, lay it on me. Okay. This is Sir Winston Churchill here. Okay. When you're when you're 20, you care what everybody thinks. When you're 40, you stop caring what everybody thinks. And when you're 60, you realize no one was ever thinking about you in the first place. So get over it. And <laughs> that's the way it was. <laughs> that's a great one. Until next time, guys. Take care.